Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After 40 days of 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written that man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is written, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God with all your service and only him. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what do you think when I say the word Mardi Gras? Party. Party. You know, the mere mention of these two words usually convey thoughts of wild celebrations, beads flying through the air, ear-to-ear grins plastered on the faces of millions of revelers parading through places like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. But that isn't how it all started. It was started a long time ago to remind us to take time to celebrate the goodness of God. They celebrated Fat Tuesday by eating richer, fattier foods before beginning the time of fasting during Lent. Some would say that it was a time for good Christians to get all their sinning out before Lent. Some say that it was a time to sin big so that you would have something to feel real sorry about during Lent. But you know, I believe that the real theology behind it is all focused on remembering that there is a time to celebrate the Lord. But there is also a time to reflect, to fast, to pray, to prepare. And so we begin Lent with a celebration, and guess how we end Lent? With another celebration. But tonight marks the beginning of our time of preparation. Lent is a 40-day journey that leads up to Easter. This practice comes directly from Scripture The text that we read this evening, Christ began his ministry with a 40-day walk into the desert, depending solely on the Father to give him all that he needs. During this time, he prayed, he fasted to prepare himself for the ministry that was ahead. For him, it was a time of contemplation, reflection, and preparation By observing Lent, many people choose to join Jesus on this journey. While most of us will probably choose not to go off into the desert to fast and pray, 
several will choose to give up something, to sacrifice something, to deprive ourselves so that we can contemplate on the meaning of Lent, to reflect on Christ's sacrifice and to prepare for the night we will remember Christ's death and prepare for the celebration that will come at Easter. Others have said that Lent is a time to give up something so that you can take on something that will help you draw closer to Christ. However you look at this season, I encourage you, I even charge you, to celebrate a Holy Lent. A time that will prepare your hearts, your minds, your soul, your relationships, your walk with Christ to celebrate fully on Easter. Tonight our 40-day journey begins. Now if you went to the calendar and counted the days between now and Easter, you would come up with something in the 45, 46, and you would come back and look at me and said, you lied to me. So let me just get it clear. Lent is 40 days. But it's never a Sunday. Anybody know why? Sunday is always a feast day. It is the celebration of the resurrection. Every Sunday we gather, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. So to, to fast and to not celebrate on Sunday is to deny what Christ did for us, the whole reason we begin this Lenten journey. Sundays are a time of celebration and a time for the celebration to end. And then we enter back into the Lenten fast or the Lenten celebration. Before we go overboard, focusing on celebrations though, because that we're, let's face it, we're Methodists. We like celebrations, right? Especially celebrations where there's food. So for me to stand up here, I think that's one of the reasons PJ asked me to, to do this is because he didn't want to tell you that there was a time of fasting. <laughs> you know, don't kill the messenger. Before we start about celebrations, though, let's think about the ashes. Many times I've been asked, why ashes? I remember a couple years ago after an Ash Wednesday service, I, I left church and I, and I went out into the community and this, this woman looked at me square in the eyes and she said, I'll pray for you, you poor Catholic. <laughs> I looked at her with a big old smile and I said, not Catholic. She went, is your face dirty? <laughs> I said, no. We celebrate Ash Wednesday. You see, Ash Wednesday is not a Catholic thing. It's not a Methodist thing. It truly is a Christian thing. It's actually a Jewish thing. Lent is a time of putting ourselves into the proper mindset. And that mindset is knowing just how much we need Jesus Christ. As much as I hate to admit it, we're all broken in some way. We are all sinful in some way. In a dinner 
Shelley asked me if I had ever made, had I not ever made a mistake. And I have to admit that we're all imperfect in some way. And we all need to remember that without Christ, we are hopeless. Without Christ, we're dead. Especially, therefore, especially tonight, our thoughts are focused on mourning and penitence. Now, here is where we get ashes from. It is said in the Jewish society, in the Old Testament, and in Jesus' time, there was a use of ashes as a sign of remorse, repentance, and mourning. Today, someone might wear a black armband to signify that they are mourning. Back then, people put ashes on their forehead. It became a common practice that when a person needed penance or was going through to begin a fast, they would cover themselves with ashes. Let's take a moment and look at some of the biblical witnesses of that. When David's daughter Tamar was raped by her brother, she expressed her deep grief in 2 Samuel 13.9. It said, Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the ornamented robes she was wearing. She put her hand on her head and went away weeping. When Mordecai learned that the king signed a decree to have all the Jews killed, he and the Jewish people lamented, and it says in Esther 4, 1 through 3, when Mordecai learned that all of all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. When Jeremiah the prophet predicted an invasion for his people, he called them to penance by saying, O my people, put on sackcloth and roll in ashes, mourn with bitter wailing. Daniel needed deliverance, and it says I, in Daniel 9.3, he said, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I could continue on and on, but hopefully you, you see that this is a, a tradition that is not just rooted in the Christian faith, but in the Jewish biblical faith. Our 40-day journey tonight is a journey that is supposed to involve praying. It is supposed to involve some sort of fasting. It is supposed to involve some sort of sacrifice and preparation. And tonight it begins with ashes. Ashes symbolize symbolize our own grief. Ashes symbolize our fears. Ashes symbolizes our patience. Ashes symbolize our turning wholeheartedly toward the Lord. Ancient Christians who wore ashes on their heads to show their sincerity as they mourn their sins and repent of them. Tonight, we are invited to place ashes on our foreheads to hear those ancient words again. From dust you came, and to dust you shall return. Do any of you feel like this sounds dreadful? You would not be alone. 
time after time after time. As I've served congregations before I moved to Middle Tennessee, some of my members said, I'm never going to come to that service because it's a downer. I kind of smiled, looked at it, and went, yeah, it's supposed to be that way. Sometimes we have to remember we're not all of that in a bag of chips. We are humans who are faulty. But we have a God who loves us so much. Who promises, not suggests, but promises to take our sins. To forgive us of our sins. Look, given a choice, I would like to celebrate Mardi Gras, okay? But we know from our personal journeys that it's not always a party. Right? Okay, y'all got quiet on me. Let me try that one again. We know that life is not always a party. There are some hard times, right? Okay, you're still there. See, when you turn down the lights and it gets a little later, I want to make sure nobody's snoozing. I believe in celebrating what the Lord has done. I would prefer not to feel bad. But Ash Wednesday helps me get a grip on who I am, whose I am, and ultimately, who's in control of my journey. I think what makes Ash Wednesday so hard for me is that it requires me to give it all to God and allow God to be in control. I'm a guy. I like being in control. Don't laugh too much, ladies. Most of you do too. But in this moment, we recognize that truly we can't save ourselves. But we must go to God with repentance, with remorse, with a humble spirit, and say, God, here I am. Christ, save me. If we are so willing to be with Christ during the good times, to enjoy the goodness and celebrate the joy of Christ, why are we not willing to be with Christ in the bad times? Why do we want to focus on the happy things Christ did and overlook the hard things Christ did? Why are we so happy to read Jesus' words about not worrying and having joy and receiving much and avoid the times he talks about depriving ourselves and giving everything of ourselves and taking up our cross and following him? That's not a happy sentence. We're called to take up our cross. As friends of Christ, we should watch and pray. Stand by him on Monday, Thursday. We should not flee from him at the cross on Good Friday. And we should stand by him now as he begins the 40-day journey into the wilderness. If we do, 
we will find that the joy of Easter morning is all the more sweet because we understand the sacrifice of Jesus during Lent. That, my friend, why we use ashes. I would invite you to stand with me as we sing number 402 in your hymnal. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Thank you and please be seated.